Welcome to season three of the Change the World podcast. I'm your host, Sivya Kohn. As CEO of 14 Minds, a marketing agency that works exclusively with Jewish nonprofits, I am a firsthand witness to the incredible physical, spiritual, and emotional services these organizations provide to our community. However, I also see the many challenges they face along the way. This season, I'll be speaking to incredible nonprofit leaders who haven't let any obstacles get in the way of their mission to change the world. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining today. I am sitting with Joe Klein, the COO of Just One Chesed. And it was quite an effort to find us to find a time to sit down. So I'm really excited that we got to do it and we're going to have what is going to be a really, really great conversation. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Sylvia. It's a pleasure and a schuss to um, have the opportunity to sit down with you. Thank you so much. So tell us a bit about your background. I'm always so interested to hear how people kind of fell into the nonprofit world and, you know, if there was any, like something in your childhood that kind of pushed you in or is happenstance. So tell us a little bit about how you got into this. Of course. So I'm originally from Woodmere, New York, Long Island, the five towns. My parents are entrepreneurs together. They, they started their own business about 40 years ago, maybe 45 years ago in a video industry where video was not popular back in the day. And my house, all my whole life growing up was all about, you know, business and growing, building a business. My parents did a lot of production, production, you know, videos on building your own business, starting your own business. And from a young age, I was selling jerseys as a, as a fifth grader to, you know, doing a lot of stuff that would, you know, start sports leagues, fantasy leagues, run fantasy leagues, all those kind of things. And, and what happened was, I grew up, I went to Hafter Lower School, I went to DRS High School, and I went to Nativ Arye. And I was in Nativ Arye a couple of years, and I realized I wanted to stay. And after my second year, I, I started becoming the Shana Bet Madrich in Nativ Arye. And it got me another year to be paid a little bit and kind of, you know, have a Shana Gimel. And then I kept, my parents were, Baruch Hashem, very um, loving towards me. And whatever I wanted to do, as long as it was in a good way, to, to do something good, to keep going. So I went Shana Gimel. And then I, you know, it was Pesach time and my mom's like, you're there, Shana Gimel, you know, maybe join a smicha program, you know, start a smicha program. So my fourth year, I, I continued in the Tivari. I ended up running the Shana Bet program with, with another Rebbe in the yeshiva. And I joined the smicha program in the Tivari for three years. Then I was running the Shana Bet program. Then I was a Shalom Eshiv and I was recruiting. We helped out with a little bit of their fundraising campaign. And then... It's um, usually where it starts. <laughs> exactly. There you go. And then I, then I, then I got married. And after I finished Smicha and I was, I was doing the Shalom Yishev, I went to the Yishev and I was like, am I going to be able to make this into a full-time thing? Am I going to be able to, you know, eventually support my family? And, and it, it didn't seem like it was going to be in a direction that I would be able to support my family. And so I, you know, I was, I was keeping my eyes open here and there and happened to be Yoma Atzma'u, my first year married. We went to Arshad Khanim for, you know, to enjoy, to go on a Tiyul together. So they said, come to davening in Efrat. It's kind of an experience. You go see, go see, you know, what it's like in the, you know, Tzioni Efrat world, you know, in Israel. So we went to um, Shlomo Katz's shul in, in Efrat. And after, after davening, which was an experience, after davening, we went to the community fair. And I see, you know, on the sidelines there, I see Jerry Leitenek, who's the founder of Just One Chesed, looking for volunteers. I ended up schmoozing with him. This was my fourth year in yeshiva, I believe, or fifth year in yeshiva. And I was smoozing with him back and forth. What are you doing? This, that, what is just one chesed? 
And they were looking for volunteers in the Efrat community. That was that. Then a year later, when I was, when I was finishing the Smicha program, I reached out to him and I knew he needed help. And we sat down a bunch of times and, and you now here we are, three and a half years, four years later, and uh, Baruch Hashem making a, uh, a big difference. It was a big gamble that Jerry took four years ago. When I was hired, we, have th- we had $36 in the bank account at Just One Chesed. And now Baruch Hashem, we're 12, 13 staff members later, you know, making a big impact in the world. Amazing. So tell me about Just One Chesed. For anybody who may not be familiar, what does the organization do and what's your role there? Amazing. So Just One Chesed is all about connecting people to Chesed, whether it's someone in need or someone who wants to give. So we have three main projects that fall under the mission of connecting people to Chesed. I'd like to start with our latest project, which um, is called Chesed Depot. Chesed Depot was a project that started when the Ukraine refugees came to Israel. What happened was when the Ukraine refugees came to Israel, we looked on the ground and we didn't see really organizations on the ground helping these Ukrainians that came to Israel with their knapsacks on their back. And there were thousands of them, literally thousands. And Israel was giving them apartments, but it was giving them empty apartments. So we did was all around the country from Renana to Efrat to Jerusalem. We organized a bunch of different drives, clothing drives, furniture drives, appliance drives, anything you can imagine. And we ended up furnishing 80 to 90 Jewish Ukrainian families that came to Israel. And then we looked around Israel and we're like, who's doing this for the general needy population in Israel? Lone soldiers, soldiers, Holocaust survivors, the general needy people, elderly people, general people, who's doing this for the general public? Going to, thank God people are well-to-do, they're redoing their kitchen, they're redoing their, their house, and they're getting rid of good furniture. Who's taking that furniture and appliances and getting it to people in need? So we did was about six months ago, we opened up a warehouse in the Gush Etzion area in the Gush, which was actually, you know, thank God it was, it was a lot of Hashkacha Pratis. And we opened up a warehouse and we go out, we actually recently just took a loan for a truck. We go out a few, di- a few days a week and obviously in different areas and we plan a full day of, of pickups and drop-offs. We go out to Renana, to, Ef- to Efrat, the Gush, Yushalayim, Modi'in, all these different areas and picking up good stuff and getting it to people in need. We've had lone soldiers. We've had Holocaust survivors that we found out that they were sleeping on floors and we furnished their entire house from scratch. We've had, thank God, you know, families that couldn't afford, you know, an oven or couldn't afford a dishwasher. We're getting constant, constant emails and we work with, you know, the social services around around the different communities in Israel to approve people. We have a whole process of approval and that is Baruch Hashem, a project that is growing, growing, and growing and really Baruch Hashem, it takes volunteers, it takes, you know, manpower, it takes trucking, it takes gas, it takes a whole warehouse and thank God it's really taking off. That's Chesed Depot. Then we have Chesed Match. Chesed Match was basically started. Jerry, who's the founder of Just One Chesed, had an, you know, he, he was in Chicago. He, he grew up in Chicago and he was based in Chicago. And he realized there's so many organizations that are doing such incredible things. Sometimes you just don't know about them. You don't know where to turn. And you, when you get into trouble, you really just like don't know what to do. So we created a, a referral hotline in Chicago. You know, we call our hotline. We connect you to the different resources in Chicago, whether it's a chesed organization, whether it's a gamach, whether it's a rabbi, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a doctor, whatever it is. And that referral hotline is very successful. And we realized we needed to take it to the next level. And we realized it's a global problem. So we built a platform called chesedmatch.org. Chesedmatch.org is a referral platform. You go on the platform, you could search, you know, the help. You need food in New York. You'll find all the different organizations that you can, that can help out with food. And then we realized there are cases nonstop coming in. We hired data entry people to fill in the data. Cases are nonstop coming in on the platform of sensitive cases. 
and they don't know where to turn. They really need their hand held. So we hire two to three case managers in Israel that are helping us and connecting people literally worldwide with resources around the world. Last month, we just hit 6,200 people go on that platform without a dollar spent in advertising. So that is Chesed Match. And then we have Chesed Works. Chesed Works was basically three and a half years ago, we, we had a simple idea to connect organizations with volunteers. People want to volunteer, they don't know where to turn. Organizations don't know where to find, people, they want volunteers, they don't know where to turn. So we built a simple platform. We spent very little money on it to connect organizations with volunteers. So we built an app, you know, we spent a little money on it and we ended up having 150 different organizations on the platform, about 4,000 volunteers. It was very successful. A lot of FESA was being done through the platform and it was really going really phenomenal. Then we realized we need to take this seriously. COVID hit. We need to take this seriously. We need to build a real platform. What we had before was, you know, was a, was a simple platform. We need to take it to the next level. So we realized was we going into, you know, tens of organizations around Israel and around America. We realized organizations, you know, a lot of organizations are all over the place, all over the place, papers everywhere. They don't have the amount of managed volunteers. So we realized we need to build a management platform and a recruitment tool. So we built, during COVID, we had this whole high-tech team in Israel build us a completely new platform from scratch for organizations to manage their volunteers and recruit new volunteers. And then we realized there's another element we want to add to this. Schools, schools across America and in Israel have mandatory chesed hours. How do they track that up till, up till today? How do they track those chesed hours? Right now it's a Google form or it's a form. You don't really, you sign up, you, you sign up, you do your chesed, you go to your next door neighbor, they fill out your entire chesed sheet. We want accountability. We want a, a chesed program. So we built an organiz, a, a school management system for the schools to manage our kids' chesed hours to get the kids' chesed opportunities. And we just launched. We just started with schools. We just launched in eight schools across America and in Israel. And we're, you know, slowly growing. We don't want to, you know, get to 100 schools. We want to perfect the system and grow and grow and grow. So we just launched in Hafter, in Hank, in uh, Hebrew Academy, Miami Beach, in Mariah, in um, Chaviva, in Cleveland, Ashrenu in Beit Shemesh, a few others. That's amazing. just one chesed. That's wow. just one chesed. Yeah. So, I mean, that is amazing. That's a lot of really, really incredible things that you're doing that it seemed like there was really a gap and a need for. The question that comes to mind is because there are so many different things going on, do you find it a challenge to communicate what Just One Fested is as an overarching organization? That's a great and question. If not, how? That's a great <laughs> question. So, it's funny, I, I saw on your, your, the questions you sent me, I said, you saw that, what was the, what's the most challenging thing? So in terms of just one chesed, Baruch Hashem, we're, we're, we're doing, you know, we're doing a lot and every department has its own staff that are catered to that department and to, for, that, for that department to be matzliach. And, and they are being matzliach. And obviously we, we have certain, a certain project that we want to put more emphasis in right now. And another time we want more emphasis on another project to tell over what Just One Chesed is sometimes could be a little difficult. And that's why it described it, that we connect people to Chesed. And the ch most challenging, I'm gonna answer another question at the same time. The most challenging thing sometimes is we're not that organization where you have a cancer child that is, you know, you're gonna go see that cancer child and then someone's gonna come in and give, you know, a $50,000 check just for, you know, seeing that cancer child. We are big dreamers. We are big believers in what we're doing and we're making a big impact. We're not, you know, that, that cancer child, but we realize we are doing something that no one else is doing. And um, you have to be a big dreamer and a big uh, believer in what we're doing because it's big, big ideas. Each project that we're doing is big ideas and it doesn't necessarily have that, that, that feeling of seeing that cancer child, which is, again, that's an amazing, 
you know, organizations that deal with the cancer trials, but it's what we're doing is, is big view, big, big passion. And um, yeah, that is, that is a challenge to get those big investors into what we're doing because it's not necessarily that touchy feely of that cancer child. Was I clear on that? So I think what, what I'm understanding is that you're saying that you really just have to be able to communicate the dream, even if you can't necessarily tell over on one foot all the different branches of what you're doing. If you can give over the dream, then that is enough. We're trying to be the network for Jewish organizations around the world. And we're trying to build a chesed movement. We're trying to build a chesed movement to inspire, to equip and educate children, adults, anyone to do chesed. So that really leads me into my next question, which is you're saying that the chesed movement, in your opinion, because I'm sure there are different opinions, when we talk about chesed, do you think that chesed is an opportunity or an obligation when it comes to all of us as Jews? Because I, I think that from where I stand, it used to feel more like there was us and then there were organizations and there was some overlap, right? Somebody volunteers or donates and that's, you know, kind of doing our duty as a good Jew and giving back in some way. But I feel like as, I don't know how to put this well, but as the generations have evolved and we're in a point where life is very different now than it used to be. And I I just feel like the line between like the facet organizations and everybody else is blurring. Do you, do you hear where I'm coming with this? Am I making any sense? I I was actually on a phone, on a zoom last week on Thursday night with, with a specific possible investor in a project that we're doing. And the point that they were bringing out was there's a problem. There's a problem right now in Israel. I mean, again, I don't know the problem necessarily in America, in Israel. I mean, she was focusing on America, but the problem in, in America, she was saying in Israel, people volunteer, people get involved and want to help out and volunteer. The problem, there's a problem in America, she was saying, that chesed is not being preached. And there's a problem there. And we're building a whole educational, I didn't, I didn't even say this part in terms of the software, the, the volunteer platform for the schools. We have the volunteer pro- platform. And we also have an educational curriculum that we're building to educate and ex- get the kids excited about chesed and swag and incentives and all that kind of stuff. And she was bringing out, which, which I took as, you know, you, we learn from everyone. I took out, we, we got to get the top 10 educators in the Jewish world in a room and discuss why chesed, what's the problem here? Why are, why are we being so selfish? Why are we not educating our kids about what the most important thing to do is? The most important thing to do is to recognize that there's someone else here that needs help. You know, we're not all about, our, we're in this world to give to others. We're in this world to give to others. You were asking if it's an opportunity or an obligation. I believe it's both. It's an obligation, but at the same time, we have an opportunity to give at any single moment. And that's what we want to um, do at Just One Chesed with the schools, with the organizations, is to preach how, how important Chesed is. I think that's really important because I feel very sad when I see the hoops that organizations these days have to jump through to get people involved. The amount of money they have to spend on splashy campaigns and fancy barbecues and all of these really, really over-the-top things that they're doing to just get people's attention and get people involved. And it's really sad because based on what you're saying, in which I 100% agree with, we should all be involved. Most of us don't have the infrastructure or the time or the availability, whatever it is, to do the kind of work that the organizations are doing. So they're doing us a favor by giving us the opportunity. Like, you know, you can't go out and save the world in this way, but you can, this could be your part. They shouldn't have to 
make barbecues and host concerts and things like that as a way to get people involved. But that's really where yeah, we're sure. at. So what I've heard, you know, I'm, I'm a young parent with, you know, little kids, but a concept I've always heard was everything starts from the home. And if our, if our kids see us involved in chesed, then they're going to be chesed oriented people. If we're living and breathing and helping other people in our life is to help, you know, we make a parnasa, but at the same time, we want to help people, whether that's having people at the Shabbos table that don't know have a place to go. And that's the real mitzvah of hachnasas orchim is having people that really don't have a place to go and really, you know, live and to educate your kids about chesed and what the most important thing in the world is. We're not here so long on this planet. The most important thing in the world is to give of yourself to others. And it starts from home. A hundred percent. Yeah. And and it's interesting. I When I ask everyone that I interview about their background, nine out of 10 times, it's something about they were the way they were raised or a value their parents instilled in them that got them into the work. So it really is. It's true. I, I'm a young friend as well. And I think it's on us to give over this this message. So I'm, I'm curious because you are involved, I guess, with a lot of different organizations. Something I hear a lot of, I don't want to say complaints, but like comments about is the fact that there are a lot of overlapping organizations. And maybe the truth is maybe they're not as overlapping as they appear to be, but they're not super clear on their mission or where they serve geographically. And a, a lot of organizations seem to be doing the same things. And I think that potential supporters and donors get annoyed because they feel like if you would work together and take my money, then you can do more. But I have two organizations asking me for money for what appears to be the same thing. Do you have any thoughts on that? It's a very tricky question to answer as I haven't necessarily had the opportunity to sit with, you know, two organizations that were doing the same thing. I know that in Israel alone, the reason why we built Chesed Match was because in Israel alone, there's 50,000 different nonprofits and um, people just don't know where to turn. And I assume within that 50,000, I would say, you know, 25% are doing the same thing that someone else is doing. It's a great question. What do you think about that? I'm curious. (laughs) I think that, you know, when it comes to the business world, when we say like there's something called blue ocean strategy, which is that if a business wants to be successful, they can do what appears to be the same thing as somebody else, but they have to find their like blank space to fill into because um, otherwise you're just setting yourself up to be just one of many. And that's not a good strategy. I think that nonprofits, if they want to be smart about it, have to do the same thing. Meaning the, the person that started the, the organization probably found a need. They saw something that wasn't being served at the moment. And I don't think that they intentionally set out to compete with another organization. They found the space. I think that they have to be extremely intentional about communicating that. And so people don't have that question of like, if I just gave to organization X, why do I need to give to you? And if the truth is the need is overlapping, then maybe they should think about how to change that because it, it really is hard for donors. Like someone, let's say in my position, who I am getting hit up with different campaigns and I, I'm a good person. I want to get involved, but it's very hard not to be cynical when each one is trying to outdo the other one just in terms of the splashiness. Of course. We have no idea what it is that they're actually helping with. That's why um, I want to go back to the question you said about, you know, the different things that we're doing. So when we started the Chesed Depot, we looked around Israel. We're like, who's doing this? And the, the, it fell into our lap to do it because we saw no one was doing it. And we were getting advised by um, Joseph Gitler of Leket, who started Leket, and it's a similar concept of uh, what we're doing. He does that for vegetables. and He does that B2B, you know, from, from organizations to different charities that are dealing with food. He gets them the food. And we said we were going to do this for furniture and appliances. We're going to get it to organizations. And we had overwhelming amount of people that are literally coming to us. 
and really getting approved. And right now it's a lot to be a B2B. Like we just had a story um, last week of the, one of the biggest organizations in Israel, it's called Pamonim, what deals with, you know, with the workforce and stuff like that. And they help people, you know, they re- rejuvenate people to get into the workforce. And they approved someone, you know, a few weeks ago for 1200 shekel to get a washer and dryer. And they looked around, they gave them 1200 shekel and all of a sudden they found out about Chesed Depot. And uh, we got them a washer and dryer and all of a sudden they had that 1200 shekel to go spend on food that they couldn't afford for the rest of their, you know, family. And yeah, that, sorry, I don't know where that came from, but, but that is. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's definitely important. I think that was a great example of organizations working together, right? That's the other piece of it. That That is can be 50,000 organizations, but are they working to help each other or are they overlapping? Because, you know, it's hard to run an organization. There's overhead and there's expenses and there's just all of these things that if you partner up and you share your infrastructure, that can be so much more powerful. For sure. Um, We just- Especially um, in terms of investing in like just working together to change the mindset of people, right? Whether it's stigma or just misunderstanding of what they're doing. I think organizations can definitely partner up on that end and say like, what do we want our community to understand about the work that we're doing and the need for our organization in the first place? Yeah, our whole goal, our whole goal of our organization is to connect to the right organization. And honestly, we're becoming their, their nonstop people that are coming to Just One Chesed and say, I have this idea in the Chesed world that is not out there. And I want you to, I want you to partner with me and join because we have an infrastructure and we have a whole team, you know, and we're, we're growing and growing and growing. We have technology, we have, you know, different departments and they come to us and we're, we view ourselves as this chesed platform. You come to us with an idea and we love it. We want to take you under our wing and, and, and fly with it. We just had someone come with us, come to us the other day about, you know, helping soldiers with food and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, we're, we're thinking about, you know, taking under our wing and running with it. We view ourselves as a chesed platform and anyone could come to us with ideas and, you know, help us. We have the infrastructure and we want to, you know, help people make their dreams a reality. Do you find it difficult to decide what opportunities to follow up on? Because I'm assuming you get a lot of ideas and requests and you probably can't just run with all of them. So how do you filter them out and decide which to tackle, which not? It depends if there's a lead or not. Meaning if it's just going to fall on us, we have, thank God our hands are really full. If there's a person that wants to take the lead and really, you know, run it and take the responsibility of whatever comes with running it, then we will take it very seriously. If not, then we won't. There was an idea that came to us about uh, probably at this point, eight to 10 months ago. And we're, we we loved it. We really loved it. And we really took it seriously, but we just didn't have the time or energy. You know, all of our staff is swamped. Baruch Hashem is swamped with cases for case management or chesed match with technology, with, you know, the chesed deep, all that kind of stuff. And we're swamped. We couldn't take it on. We always had this, you know, we're going to do something and come up with, you know, some, and recently a donor came to us and said they want to take on the project and and we're really taking it seriously and, you know, making the plans and hiring the right people. And yeah. One at a time, I guess. One at a time. Yeah, exactly. I think it also, the clearer your mission is, the easier it is to probably make those decisions. I think sometimes organizations like I, that I've come across, they don't really know their mission. So they have no like yardstick to measure their initiatives against. Like which one seems good? Which one did we get money for? And they kind of just keep going that way. But the mission is very clear than the, opportunities should almost decide for themselves. Like, okay, this obviously very clearly fits into what we're, the bigger picture of what we're trying to do. That's what I would assume. For sure. So shifting gears a little bit, bigger picture question. What does it mean to you to be in a position of someone who is a nonprofit leader, a change maker, a lot of opportunity to do big things? What, what does that role mean to you? So recently I, I met, in the past year, I met Ellie Rowe. Ellie Rowe is the founder of Hatsala Air. He's a fantastic individual. I was 
actually davened with him on, Rosh, on Yom Kippur. And he probably left davening, I would say, throughout the day of Yom Kippur, I would say 25 times to go on Hatzalah calls. And he doesn't even live in Yerushalayim. I live in Yerushalayim. And he just volunteers when he comes. And he said to me a beautiful line. He said he wakes up every single day and he thanks HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he thanks Hashem for the opportunity. Before he washes his hands in Negevasa or anything, he gets up and he goes to the window and he says, thank you Hashem for being, giving me the opportunity to give. And I thank Hashem every single day that I have the opportunity to be in a leadership position in a you know organization that is growing and growing and growing and have the opportunity to give people you know, the strength that they need to keep going. We started three, when I started three and a half years ago, we were just, you know, a little baby and seeing how far we've come and the hours that I put in, you know, Yom Velayla, literally day and night that I put into just one chesed and seeing the results that are coming out today from all of our different projects is a dream. Is a dream, you know, people tell me all the time, go into the business world, go into the business world. Sure. This gives me chiyas. This gives me chiyas, this gives me life. And that's how I keep going, seeing stories day to day, every single day, keeps me going. That's beautiful. Thank you. So before we sign off, the most of the people listening to this are in the nonprofit world in some capacity, some way or another, or maybe not, but maybe thinking about it. So do you have any advice that you would want to impart to somebody who's either running a nonprofit, working for a nonprofit, volunteering, considering doing chesed, looking for a meaningful opportunity? What would you want to share with them before we end? Don't be afraid of anything or anyone. I've had a uh, I have no busha. I have no busha. And you, you need no busha when it comes to the fundraising world. And you can't have any busha. If you're passionate about something and you love something and you, you see the results of what you're doing and you want to do something and change people's lives and help people, don't have any busha. Keep calling that guy. He's going to say no. He's going to say no, but keep going. Keep going. You have a dream. Don't let anyone stop you. People are going to say, stop, don't call him. Be, don't be so passionate. Don't be so persistent. You're going to get those messages. You know, a few weeks ago, I was in the States for on a fundraising trip and I had someone, I just made a phone call and they didn't respond in the best way possible. I got yelled at and I got screamed at. Okay, keep going. We keep going. We're, we're, we have a dream. We have a, a goal to change the world and help people and make the world a better place. Keep going. Don't take no for an answer and, and just be passionate. Be passionate about it. If you're doing something, especially in the nonprofit world, make sure you're really passionate about it. That's great advice. Thank you. So if anybody wants to get involved, to learn more about your organization, to help out, to donate, where should they go? Our website, justonechesed.org. You can email us. you also info at justonechesed.org. We love people getting involved. Perfect. That was easy. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. This was a great conversation. Thank you so much, Sivia. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Change the World podcast. If you have any feedback or an idea for my next episode, or if you're a nonprofit leader interested in learning more about how 14 Minds can help your nonprofit, I'd love to hear from you. Just send an email to tsevia at 14minds.com. For more nonprofit content, follow me on LinkedIn or visit 14minds.com.